Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave the wish you good luck. Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. And Dane will be on our Instagram live here shortly. We are broadcasting to you live this evening on a fine Monday night here on May 15th. Um, so we will be going through here tonight all of the defensive and specialist signings that the Packers made in undrafted free agency following the draft. Um, so we're really excited to get into that. Last week, we did our offensive uh, free agents. And uh, so this week, we are going to be able to uh, take a look at our defensive free agents. So Dane, it looks like you are online here, uh, just getting you up here on the Instagram feed. So how are you doing this evening? And uh, what can you tell us uh, about um, your initial thoughts on these uh, defensive uh, undrafted free agents? What is up, Wags? What up? How's everybody doing tonight? Um, I'm doing great. It's a, it's a beautiful Monday evening. We're talking Green Bay Packer football and I got to tell you, I like this undrafted crop we got coming in here on the defensive side of the ball. There's a few dudes that I think in particular really stick out. So I'm just excited. These are always some of our favorite podcasts to do. Um, and I got to tell folks that are joining, um, don't want to brag, but we just got done having a very, very special guest. We won't name it who it was yet, but it's just a good night to be a Packer fan and be doing this podcast. So I'm excited to be on here with you, buddy. Uh, let's talk some undrafted, but I think first, Packers made a signing, didn't they? Packers went out there and signed another safety. Um, Wags, uh, what's your impression of, of the Jonathan Owens signing? Yeah, uh, it's such an interesting uh, signing. Uh, we were speculating whether maybe Adrian Amos would be some someone that the Packers would end up bringing back after all. And this signing doesn't mean that they won't. But you had kind of a an inkling or just a, a gut feeling that the Adrian Amos era was over in Green Bay. So nothing's changed on that front. But the Packers go out and sign a guy that started 17 games for the Texans last year. Um, kind of an interesting path. Uh, talking about undrafted guys, he was undrafted uh, coming out uh, of college and uh, spent three years, actually, um, on the Packers, or I'm sorry, on the, the Texans practice squad, was elevated in uh, 2021. Um, was, was able to get elevated game day roster a number of times, was signed to 53 man roster late in that season and, uh, made his first NFL start, uh, late in the 2021 20, season and then ended up starting all 17 games last year for the Texans. So, um, so certainly isn't going to walk in here and be guaranteed a starting position for the Packers. But now we've got nine safeties on the roster. And I know there's a lot of fans out there that are wondering exactly what the plan is at safety. Um, well, Dane, I think the plan is, is that they've got a lot of guys that have a lot to prove. Uh, we've got some guys that have started in this league um, that were on this roster before Jonathan Owens was signed. Uh, but I think uh, this is going to be quite a camp battle. There's going to be a lot of competition uh, to see who's going to not only secure a spot uh, to potentially be on the two deep 
at the safety position, who's going to be starting is still, I think, a little bit up in the air. Um, and then certainly the special teams aspect of it is going to be fascinating to watch too, because a lot of these guys are kind of, that's where they, they make their name in, in this league is the special teams. So how many safeties are actually going to end up making the final 53 man roster is going to be a really interesting thing to watch. And I think Jonathan's a, a fine player and I, I'm glad that the Packers were able to make a move and bring him in and add him to this roster. Yeah, I mean, this is a deep group. I mean, there's a lot of guys. You said it. There's going to be a lot of battling going on today. And I, as we talked about the undrafted free agents, Wags, I mean, they even brought in another undrafted free agent at safety group. But um, I'll tell you what, I think starting off today with this undrafted group, um, I think we start with the big guys up front. I don't know what you think, but like, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Talk a little bit of D-line. And folks, what we want to do here, and I think our intent is there's not just not a lot of traffic on some of these undrafted free agents um, when they come in, and it's not unique to the Packers. But the reality is the Packers have kept an undrafted free agent on the initial 53-man roster for 18 years in a row. The Packers bring and they keep undrafted guys. And there's a number of other guys that stay on the practice squad and work their way onto the roster at some point. So the point being is we don't gloss over these guys because these guys are going to put in the work. They're going to go to camp and they're going to try to earn jobs. And I promise you, some of the names we talk about today are going to be on the Packers this year and they're going to contribute to this team's success. So um, Wags, um, I want to flip it over to you. There's anybody that really sticks out that you want to start with or, you know what I mean? Or uh, let's start there and let's just yeah. get it off, man. Let's talk about these defenders. Yeah. So what we're going to do is just kind of like we did the offensive guys last week, um, go through these guys. Um, Dane's going to give a, a, a little snapshot of their scouting report and uh, the strength, weakness, and just talk a little bit about what their fit might be. Um, as you said, Dane, a, a lot of these guys, even if they don't make that initial 53-man roster, uh, will be part of the practice squad. Some of them might get cut and resigned at some point over the course of the season. Uh, with the expanded practice squad and the additional opportunity to do those game day call-ups and move them up and down from practice squad uh, throughout the, the season for a couple of games, uh, there is a lot more roster flexibility now than there was even just a few seasons ago. So uh, the Packers have said they consider that 16-man practice squad an extension of the 53-man roster. So um, so it's important, even if they don't get to contribute necessarily right away in year one, how many of these guys have we seen make that step and, and really um, make that next step? In, in their second season after going undrafted and spending a year on the practice squad. So Dane first big guys for sure. Um, let's start with Jason Lewin, uh, defensive lineman, uh, and edge out of Illinois state. Um, so I I'm really excited to start here because as you said, we've really revamped the young talent, both in the draft and an undrafted free agency. The last, two years uh, at the defensive line position. Um, and I think uh, Jason is someone that certainly fits the profile of what the Packers are looking for. So uh, why don't you take it from here, Dane? Give us a little scouting report on Jason and um, and how he might fit in with the Green Bay Packers. I'm happy to, Wag. So Jason Lewin um, right away jumps off. He's a, he's a Midwest guy, right? Um, Illinois State. Um, guy right after high school. So today, 
Um, he's an edge position player, um, but potentially defensive line. I think I, he played both in college, but I think he projects more to be a defensive lineman here in Green Bay based on what they like to do um, uh, up there in Green Bay. And I'll tell you what, folks, um, right away, what jumps out to me, he's a bigger, uh, he's a bigger player. I mean, he's listed, at, you know, 6'6", 305. And, and uh, according to NFLDraftBuzz.com, got to give them some credit. Um, and, you know, I, I think that um, something that a weakness from the scouting report that sticks out to me is they said that he's a little bit stiff uh, at times and could use his hands a little bit better. But I think that um, what I've watched with him is he's so powerful. Um, he's really powerful off that edge. And I think that he could really, really um, be a nice five technique, uh, uh, with, with the Packers. He's got a very high motor as well, according to the scouting report, but also from everything that we've watched. But I think his strength is what's really struck me, um, from all the film that we've watched on him so far, everything that we could really get our hands on. He's able to really grab onto those blockers, I think, well, and he's just so damn powerful. Um, off the initial snap. So that's what sticks out to me about Jason Lewin wags. And again, played some edge. It shows his versatility. Uh, but I think at the next level, at the NFL level, this is a defensive lineman. And really, um, this is a D line right now in Green Bay that after Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, yes, we've used some draft capital on some guys. We're having a couple of guys back, but um, nobody has a guarantee, I think, after maybe those top three to earn a spot. And I think that that's why they brought in somebody like a Jason Lewin to come in, work hard. Um, reminds me a little bit of a Tyler Lancaster, a guy who came in who was now a few years ago, came in um, to camp and was um, considered kind of a long shot to make the roster, but just worked his way on the practice squad. And don't you know it, Tyler Lancaster ended up starting games and playing four or five years for the Green Bay Packers. Um, nothing to sneeze at at all. So keep an eye uh, on somebody like Lewin. I just, I think that he's a guy who's going to come into camp and work really hard. And then the chips are going to fall where they fall. Yeah, I think that's a nice comp, Dane, because I, and I was going to say that his strength is really in the, the, the rush defense right now. And so where he might fit and get an opportunity is clearly this has been a, an area that the Packers as defense as a whole, um, need to show some improvement is in their, uh, rush defense. And so uh, Lewin with his motor and his ability to locate the football and his motor and, and, uh, running guys down, um, from the backside. Those are the types of players that you really need, uh, when you try to stop the run. You're not necessarily always going to be the guy at the point of attack in rush defense. Sometimes it's the guy that's coming from down the line of scrimmage, uh, and really closes down the gap, uh, when, when that cutback uh, hits. So are you a step late or are you there really putting in the effort, uh, to close that gap on time? And so um, certainly if Lewin wants a, an opportunity uh, to, to make this roster, I, I think that's where he's going to want to make a name for himself first and foremost. And potentially uh, he could be someone that as he develops uh, starts to learn some, some more um, NFL level uh, uh, pass rush skills. Uh, but right now I think his, his best calling card would be to focus on his ability to stuff the run up front. So Tyler Lancaster is definitely an interesting comp, Dan. Um, all right. So let's, let's stay on the defensive front and let's talk about, um, Miami, Florida defensive tackle, uh, Antonio Moultrie. Um, so Dane, what can you tell us about Antonio? Yeah. I, so this is a guy right here, Antonio Moultrie. 
um, came in to Packer rookie minicamp and earned a spot. Um, that's pretty cool, man. Right away. That, that says a lot. They brought in a ton of dudes um, after kind of that first round of undrafted free agency. And um, But Moultrie earned that job. Um, he's a guy, yeah, I played at Miami's last year, but he was a transfer um, uh, from UAB and, and Wags, um, I, you know, I've seen some of the, um, some of the scouting, uh, on it. Um, they talk about, um, they talk a little bit about his, his size and, and sometimes being able or being taken by a single blocker, but I'll tell you what, um, his pad level is phenomenal. And that tells me an awful lot right away. He's really, really strong in his leverage. And I think that he's the kind of guy, Moultrie's the kind of guy, um, at the point of attack, he is a run stopper. And he's somebody that I think that the Packers clearly are in need of more help along the defensive line with the run stopping. And I think that Antonio Moultrie could actually be somebody that really fits in early on in Green Bay if he, if he pops a little bit. And he's, um, he's listed, I think at, you know, 280 or so, but, um, get into Green Bay get into the weight room, get onto their nutrition plan. I'm coming from a smaller school, um, one year layover in Miami. But I think that Green Bay sees something in him. He clearly popped during this rookie minicamp. Um, but I really, really, really like his his frame. He's got a great body frame. And he, you know, once he gets stronger, he has that ability, Wags. I think he has that ability to be a run-stopping defensive line in a rotational setting at this next level. And I think he can play um, at this level. Um, so in a position group where the Packers are looking for guys to pop and show, um, look no further Antonio Moultrie to potentially, you know, earn some spots, especially as a run stop run first and second down. So um, yes, he's going to have to have a big camp, but so does everybody who's an undrafted free agent, but uh, don't look or don't sleep on somebody like Moultrie. If he's stopping dudes in the third and fourth quarter, of the first few preseason games, he might be turning some heads in Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dane, that's great stuff. Uh, next guy I'm really, really excited to highlight as well is, uh, Kenneth Odumegu. Um, so, uh, out of Nigeria, uh, part of the international pathway program, uh, the Packers first guy as part of the IPP that they have signed since that was initiated back in 2017. And I'll tell you what, um, he's got a basketball background and he's just got freak athletic skills. And I say freak intentionally because we know we have the Greek freak down in Milwaukee for the Bucks, uh, that didn't have a lot of, uh, professional background uh, in his sport before he journeyed to the NBA. And now we've got another native Nigerian in Wisconsin trying to live the dream in, in a different sport. Uh, but he's got all the raw athletic attributes that you might be looking for uh in a player but the key emphasis is raw i'm very excited to see what he can actually do uh when he gets an extended look and the pads go on on the field uh but dane what can you tell us uh, a little bit more about kenneth and his background and maybe uh his readiness and and where he might slide in here uh as the packers take a good long look at him yeah, so Kenneth is by by the very definition a, a project coming into Green Bay, and that's not a slight. Um, the dude's never played in an organized uh, organized football game 
in his life, that is my understanding. But he is part of this international program coming into Green Bay. And what that does, and, and I think you touched on it here, is Packers are allotted 90 uh, players coming into camp um, traditionally. But with, um, with Kenneth, with this designation, they actually get a 91st player. That's going to be him. Um, more so, if they like what he does here in camp and he shows enough raw talent and flashes, they also get another carve out on the practice squad for him potentially for the entire year. So, um, you know, the, the onus, of course, is going to be on Kenneth to come in here and ball out. But I'll tell you what, man, um, you know, we don't know all that much about him as a football player, but you said it. I mean, we've seen guys, I remember a guy from, I forget his name now, but UW Milwaukee had a basketball player who played tight end. He might still be in the league, played tight end for the Chiefs for a number of years. I think he went to the Bears. Um, And this is all within the last few years. He wasn't a football player, but he was a really, really good basketball player. And there are some skills that translate, um, you know, from basketball to, to football. So um, seeing what Kenneth is going to be able to do, you know, who knows, right? Who knows, but he's going to have an opportunity to go in there and compete at a very, very high level. And clearly the Packers are serious. They're not just bringing him over for charity, right? They want to see what this young guy can do. Um, the world is in front of him right now. And if he shows even an inkling uh, of talent, which I think he will, based on his freakish, and you said it, and we mean that in the best possible way, athletic ability. Um, I Don't be surprised if Kenneth is turning heads because he's got those long arms. He looks, you know, incredibly fast. Um, once he learns this game and the game, the game's going to go really fast. But once the game starts to slow down for him, he could be an absolute monster as a pass rusher for this Packers team. Yeah, that's great stuff, Dan. I, I'm excited. It's, you know, the one thing that you can't anticipate is the physicality uh, of the game at the NFL level. It goes up a notch every level you go. I mean, you go from Pop Warner to, you know, freshman high school to, to junior varsity to varsity and every level, the speed and physicality seems to just go up another notch. But so for a guy that hasn't had the opportunity to go through all of those mini progressions that really pretty much every other guy that's played football for most of their life has gone through um, is going to be interesting to see just how he is able to react to the speed and the physicality of the game at the NFL level. But as you said, and he's got all of his physical attributes, six, five, Runs a, you know, a 4840, 34 inch vertical. So just a, you know, a kind of a, a phenomenal athlete for a guy of, of his size and strength. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he's, um, truly someone that the Packers want to take a longer look at. Uh, but as you said, either way, this isn't just a charitable, uh, move by them. They, they, they want to see if this is someone that they actually have an opportunity to work and develop. So, uh, are you Dan, telling me that they should get the ice bath ready for him after that first day of pads? Cause that's going to be a bit of an awakening, uh, potentially. Well, uh, yeah. Or maybe, you know, the other guys that he's going up against will need the ice bath ready. I mean, it could go either way, uh, but, uh, either, in either event, I am going to be excited to see how it plays out. So, Dane, let's, let's stay along the defensive line ish and move out to the edge. Um, first guy I want to mention here is out of San Diego State, Keyshawn Banks, um, six, five, two, or six, four, two, fifty five, um, listed both as a D line and edge. Looks like he'll be primarily edge for the Packers. So, 
uh, spent uh, five years at San Diego State, played an awful lot of football. Um, so what can you tell us about Keyshawn? Yeah, Wags. So, yes, um, played a little bit. Again, what we're seeing the Packers do here, um, we're seeing a trend under Goody in this front office. When when they go to undrafted free agents, um, we've seen it in the past, too. They like to find guys that have done a little bit of everything, uh, For especially when we're talking on defense and offensive line. We found over the years they like guys that have shown flexibility yet again. Uh, Keyshawn Banks, another guy, exceedingly flexible. think he has the ability to play along the defensive line. But um, I, unlike Lewin, I think that he's actually going to end up being more of an edge based on his body type, based on his ability, um, and, and based on, I think, on some of the strengths that we've seen with him. Um, so, you know, we, we see the scouting report, uh, NFLDraftBuzz.com, um, you know, talks about his um, potential difficulties as a coverage um, linebacker. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, Wags, we've seen it over and over again in this league. Um, some guys maybe have a little bit less ability, um, in the passing game. That's something I think that can be a learned skill. Um, but if you can get after the quarterback and you can hit the quarterback and you can drop pressure, the Packers or any team in the NFL is going to find a spot for you. And, and that's, I think, what, what really lands well, um, for, for Keyshawn Banks, Wags. I think he has a ton of quickness and burst. Um, he's somebody that can really set an edge. And, um, he reminds me if I'm looking at guys on the Packers roster, and certainly this is very, very high praise. Um, but his body type and the way that he, kind of maneuvers is kind of Preston Smith-ish. Um, if I had to do a comp from the team, he's a he's a bigger guy. Um, he's a six foot four guy off the edge. And certainly doesn't have the production or the pedigree, right, of, of what Preston Smith has done over the years. But if you just watch him physically, um, he sets the edge well. He plays the game the right way. He's very, very physical. And I think he has the ability, he, he's a good chase and tackle guy, right? He's a guy that can bring down uh, a opposing ball carrier, I think, pretty fluidly, and he can get after the quarterback. So all that said, um, watch Keyshawn Banks as an edge. The Packers, I think, are getting more and more loaded, but especially with Rashawn Gary, we're not sure where he's going to be to start the year coming off that ACL injury. There could be the possibility on the back end for a young pass rusher to crack that 53. The Packers have shown that in the past with guys like Jonathan Garvin and others where a um, guy that comes in and they want to have that guy maybe in that fifth pass rush spot just to land on the 53 and work with them more. But if not the 53, would not shock me at all if the Packers load up um, – on the uh, practice squad with a couple young pass rushers and Keyshawn Banks could very, very clearly be one uh, for the Packers to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, what pops out on a scouting report is just, just there's multiple uh, indications of, of talking about the high motor that he has and kind of what you were just talking about. Um, there's always a, a place for guys to be competing uh, for a spot on the roster for opportunities uh, when They've got the physical attributes. They've got that high motor. Um, he might be just a little bit undersized for what the typical NFL teams are looking for on the edge position. As you said, uh, a little bit of a tweener in terms of his, his ability to, to drop back in coverage. But 
for a specialization um, and what the Packers might be looking at him for. Uh, I think uh, he can focus on that for now and, and perhaps ha- have an opportunity to continue to develop some of those other skill sets as well. So, um, Dane, let's stay on the edge position. I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts are uh, on the next uh, edge guy that the Packers taking a look at Brenton Cox Jr. Uh, out of Florida and um, someone that, Again, uh, a, a lot of uh, pedigree, um, very highly sought after a player uh, coming out of high school. Uh, he's actually signed with the Georgia Bulldogs, which uh, clearly is one of the top uh, two or three programs in the entire country at the uh, college level. The last few years um, ended up transferring to Florida and um, uh, had some off-field uh, issues, maybe some things going on with the team. Uh, got uh, dismissed uh, before the end of the 2022 season. So um, that said, I, I know that the Packers are not traditionally a team that will bring in guys with, with a truly checkered background unless they've done their homework and done their vetting. So I don't know all the details and, and the full story behind what went, went on with Branton, but um, clearly he's a guy that the Packers feel comfortable bringing in, taking a look at and, and seeing what they have. Um, and the, they certainly must feel comfortable with uh, the lessons that perhaps he's learned and that this is a guy that they can give another opportunity as an undrafted guy um, to, to see if he's someone that can grow and work and put some time into developing as well. Yeah, Wags. So we weren't there, right? We don't know what happened, didn't happen. Uh, we do know that there was a little bit of smoke uh, in his stops in Georgia uh, and in Florida where he played. Uh, but we also know he was an extremely productive athlete. Um, and in Florida, dude's a monster off the edge. Um, so he's a guy that I think um, if there weren't some question marks about his uh, may- maybe some off-season issues or excuse me, off-field issues, I think that Brent Cox Jr. clearly would have been drafted um, by, by somebody in this league. So I don't think his talent's in question. The question becomes, um, you know, how much was it miscast? How much was it um, maybe immaturity? Maybe not. Again, we weren't there. Uh, how much of that is behind him? And if some of those troubles are behind him, um, I this is a locker room that I think has a ton of leadership on it. Um, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, namely, even within that own position room, those two guys are pros, pros that are going to teach guys uh, how to do things. And not only through verbally, but just showing them, showing up every day. I, I can't think of two guys maybe that work harder, right, than Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And uh, so uh, with that in mind, I think that Brenton Cox Jr., the talent's there, Wags. Uh, the question is, is, is you know, is, is he going to be there um, to be a Green Bay Packer and kind of do it that Packer way? And, you know, I'll tell you what, we're rooting for him. We want to see got young guys turn around. We want to see young guys, um, you know, really, really be able to express themselves, but also play within the structure of what the Green Bay Packers organization expects of them. And we're excited to see Brenton Cox Jr. in Green Bay. Um, let's leave the past in the past. And, and this is a great opportunity in Green Bay, Wisconsin, to turn over a new leaf and pop. And we just said, got done saying that the Packers are looking for probably another young edge rusher to maybe make the 53 or at the very least a practice squad. Why not, Brenton Cox Jr., 
go get that job and, and, and go seal the deal here because the talent's there. And we think that, you know, he can be that guy. Um, he just needs to maybe be in the right place with the right fit. And that might be a good opportunity in Green Bay for Brenton. Yeah, for sure. So, Dane, moving on to the next guy then, uh, going to the second level, Jimmy Phillips Jr., uh, linebacker out of SMU. Now, the Packers did not draft any linebackers this year. It's a position that they've invested quite a bit into the last couple of seasons. Uh, but uh, Jimmy is the lone guy uh, that the Packers are bringing in here at that position as a rookie, uh, really a, a run and cover. Uh, linebacker. So, uh, he's got some, some nice coverage skill. Packers definitely have a type when it comes to linebackers and, and some of that skill set. They want guys that can cover. First of all, um, he's able to, to really, uh, cover a lot of ground as well uh, in the run game, uh, racked up a lot of tackles uh, in the, the rush defense. Uh, maybe he's a little undersized, uh, can get caught up in, in blocks at times. Um, so that might be one concern at the NFL level. So he's going to have to use his leverage and quickness to get downhill and, and get off blocks and be able to maintain uh, gap discipline at the NFL level. But uh, Dane, any anything that uh, really sticks out to you about Jimmy and the fit that he might uh, have with the Packers on the defensive side? Well, for the first time in a long time, I feel like this middle linebacker group is pretty darn deep for the Packers. Um, you know, between Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie, um, Eric Wilson, and now Tariq Carpenter moving from safety to inside linebacker. I mean, that's five guys already uh, that we think can play at this level and have proven it. So it's instantly for, for Jimmy Phillips Jr., you know, that's, that's, that's a tough room to crack. Uh, he reminds me, Packer fans now going back a few years, but Joe Thomas, if you all remember him when he played inside linebacker, kind of a hybrid safety inside linebacker. I think Jimmy's a little bit bigger in stature than him, but he has that similar athleticism to him. And you said it, Wags. He's, he's a drop back. He's a cover guy, uh, but he's also was a tackle machine in college. I, I think he was the leading tackler on the team and he's very, very good tackler. So um, he's going to come in. He's going to compete like all these guys. They're going to have to worry about special teams and do some other stuff as well. Um, probably one of the deeper rooms he's walking into uh, on this entire Packer roster is this inside linebacker spot. But that being said, nothing set in stone, right? It, it's what are, what are you doing right now? The Packers clearly see something in Jimmy Phillips Jr. And um, we think that he pops off tape. Clearly, he's a very, very strong tackler. So let's see how he competes going into camp. And we're excited to have Jimmy Phillips Jr. Uh, in, in camp in at Lambeau Field. Yeah, for sure, Dane. That's great stuff. Um, so moving over then, we were talking about Jonathan Owens in the news and notes section. Let's talk about Benny Sapp third out of Northern Iowa. Uh, safety that the Packers picked up in undrafted free agency here as well. Um, so he was a transfer uh, from Minnesota and um, really became a star at the FCS level. So I think uh, what's uh, really interesting to me uh, about Benny Sapp, the third Dane, is the physicality that he plays with. That's what really pops out to me when we're looking at his scouting report. Uh, but what else can you tell us about Benny Sapp, the third, and maybe the prospects for where he might slot in in that safety competition? Yeah. 
Yeah. So Wags, Benny Sapp the third. Uh, do you hear that? Ah, he's a ball hawk. Uh, that's what he is. Benny Sapp the third. He comes from a lineage. We're going to hear about it. His dad played in the league. He played for the Vikings. We've seen, we remember Benny Sapp, uh, his father, but Benny Sapp the third is also, you know, comes from, but also his own man. And he flies around the field. Dude hits. Um, he's not afraid to hit people. He's not afraid to try to, um, you know, um, intercept that football. I think the biggest um, minus that we've seen from him is that, dare I say, he's overly aggressive sometimes, uh, trying to capture a ball carrier, trying to intercept a pass. If he plays with a little bit more discipline, this is a wide open safety group. And Benny Sapp third could find himself clearly in the mix um, in Green Bay, we, we're talking about all this competition at safety, and boy, oh boy, is it going to be competitive. This is going to be an extremely competitive group um, heading into camp, probably the most competitive group, I think, of anything. Um, and Benny Sapp III finds himself in the middle of this. I think that he could be competing on a number of rosters uh, in the NFL, but he ended up coming to Green Bay. It's it's always interesting with these undrafted free agents, right, Wags, because it's it's mutual. The Packers wanted Benny Sapp. And Benny Sapp wanted to come to Green Bay, and, and it makes sense because he might be able to find a spot for himself on this roster. So watch out for Benny Sapp the third because he is a ball hawk. He is a guy who's hard-nosed. He's a guy who likes to hit. He's the kind of guy that Packer fans are going to like. So just keep an eye on him because he is not afraid to be physical. Yeah, that's great stuff, Dane. So um, then staying in the secondary, uh, again, a position the Packers did not – draft anyone at at cornerback position, but uh, they were able to sign a, a cornerback after the tryouts this last weekend in rookie minicamp. Um, and uh, that was uh, uh, Northern Northwestern state cornerback, William Hooper. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, that's, it's really interesting. He comes in for a tryout and um, he's a guy that played most of his time on the outside, but did play some a little bit in the slot as well. Uh, but Dane, uh, what what really stands out to you about William Hooper, and um, how do you think he slots in in terms of the competition at the cornerback group? Yeah, I mean the cornerback room is really fascinating because I'm not sure if Eric Stokes is going to be able to be back right away uh, coming off that injury. So um, that might leave space for one extra corner that maybe wouldn't have made the roster or a safety that didn't uh, didn't make the roster. And and I look at somebody like an Innis Gaines who maybe could play both. Right, as kind of a flex guy. Um, based on some of the snaps he got last year. But yeah, the Packers were able to bring in Hoop, William Hooper, um, after that tryout. And uh, he's going to be competing with guys like Shamar, Jane Charles. He's going to be competing with guys like uh, Valentine, uh, Carrington Valentine, who just uh, was drafted in the seventh round. He's going to be competing with our old friend, Keandre Thomas. Um, there's going to be guys that he's competing with on the back end. But Wags, anytime you can earn a roster spot out of rookie minicamp, uh, it always gets my attention. And I thought that coming from a small school, um, we're seeing more and more small school guys uh, become undrafted free agents that then maybe can pop 
in Green Bay. Um, he's a guy that um, gave up some touchdown passes last season, but also was really, really good. Uh, it was only it was under 40% completion rate against him. So he was really, really good against the pass last year. So what more can we say? I mean, he's going to come in. He's going to compete just like all these guys. Uh, but William Hooper coming in and he's going to battle. And that's what we want to see, right? We're going to, we want guys that are hungry. Um, he knew that his football career to some extent was kind of on the line um, coming in for rookie tryouts. He had Green Bay. The following weekend, he was going to go to Buffalo. I believe he was scheduled to go to Buffalo and try out for the Bills. The Packers saw enough. They didn't want to give him a chance to go to Buffalo and get a steal. So the Packers uh, agreed to, to a deal with William Hooper. So congratulations. And now, you know, it's time to go and ball out. We're going to be rooting for him. Yeah, for sure. That's great stuff, Dan. And I think, uh, it's, it's always interesting to see when we've got guys that get an opportunity and, um, there's no one else that they got in through the draft. So, um, you know, he's really in some ways competing with himself, uh, to try to, to make an impression and, and to, to crack, uh, it, even with the injury to, to Stokes, it's going to be a, a difficult position group to get into. But that said, um, He's doing it the right way, uh, putting in the work and, and getting that signing through the, the rookie minicam. So, Dane, I think last guy that we wanted to touch on is, and we're moving over to the specialist now. Um, and certainly the Packers, um, were able to sign Matt Orzik as a lawn snapper with a three year contract. They also brought in, uh, Broughton or BR Hatcher, um, lawn snapper from Old Dominion. And so he's going to be in camp and I think certainly has a great opportunity to, if nothing else, uh, be on the practice squad, um, to be ready to jump in there if Matt were to get injured. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Matt Orzik is the guy that's slotted to be the long snapper on this team. You don't give a long snapper a three year contract without having him in the plans. Uh, but uh, what can you tell us about Hatcher and kind of um, what his profile is? Cause I think we were a little bit surprised. Nothing. Uh, this has nothing to do with Hatcher. It's a little bit surprised that they moved on from Jack Coco uh, covered all 17 games as the long snapper last year. Not only did they go out and, and sign Orzik, uh, but they they bought in Hatcher and and clearly they're looking for a specific profile or a specific type uh, for that long snapper position. So what do you know about him, Dane, that you can share? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's what we do know is last year Jack Coco was kind of the ultimate cool story. Um, but but I think that what we know about Br is. Um, in, in college, he, he went to Old Dominion, and he's not actually the first um, long snapper actually in the league right now. Lovato, who I believe spent a little time in Packers camp a few years ago, is also uh, from there. So he comes from a school that has been able to produce NFL long snappers, which is a good sign. Um, also, what we know about him, he did the punt snaps, he did extra point snaps, he did field goal snaps. So um, he's somebody that has a fair amount of experience um, with, with all these distances uh, in college, now coming to the, the NFL level. And you said it, I mean, he's coming in to compete, but he's somebody, again, made it through minicamp and the Packers thought enough about him that they decided not to go with somebody who 
played all 17 games for them last year and they decided that they wanted him to compete instead. So, I mean, if nothing else, I think that's pretty darn impressive. Um, I, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We've been talking with him offline. We are a little bit offline. We're expecting to get him on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation. That's our teaser for maybe a future episode, but to get to know him a little bit more and some of his preparation, but um, he's going to come in. He's going to compete, man. Right. I mean, why not? Um, all bets are off and the Packers have shown that they are not afraid to shake it up at the long snapper spot. This is the third, fourth time in a row. I feel like we've kind of shaken it up. I think they're looking for somebody to help stabilize and lock in um, this role for the next 10, 12 years, because that's traditionally what the Packers have done with their long snappers going back a number of years. And folks need to remember, this is a young roster. This is going to be a roster that is going to have a very likely a new kicker. It sounds like Mason Crosby will not be retained, right? So some of this also comes down to whoever this young kicker that makes it out and who, and, and you know, Pat O'Donnell holding, who are they most comfortable with? And all bets are off. I, I think that it's going to really going to be a true competition heading into camp. So uh, looking forward to see what BR can do. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Wins. Yeah. Um, I, I think really what they're looking at is they've got just a little bit more speed. Are they going to rely on their long snappers to go out, to go downfield and to make tackles? No, that should not be a method of success that you're looking for uh, from your coverage teams. That said, he set a school record in college for most tackles in a season by a long snapper. So, um, so the dude can get down the field and clean up and make some hits. And so, I, you know, when you're talking about such a specialized position, the first part is always how accurately and pinpoint can you be snapping the football? That's responsibility one, two, three, right? But there's not a lot that's differentiating some of these guys at the NFL level. And so if there's anything that can give you just that one slight edge, um, that's going to be something that can be the difference between having a job in the NFL and not. Um, and so again, that's not saying anything about Jack Coco. Um, we love that guy, but I think, uh, when you look at someone like Hatcher and he has perhaps that, that a little bit of an edge from that attribute, um, he's, he's tall, six, five, he's got really big hands. So those are some things that definitely stand out when you're looking at the profile of what Packers might be looking for. Uh, from that long snapper position from a longer term perspective, like you said, Dane. So, um, I, I don't think we need to spend all night here talking about long snapper, but it is certainly a position that you notice when it's not doing well. And I think Jack did a fine job last year, but certainly the Packers, uh, apparently were looking for uh, an opportunity to see if they could upgrade the position and they bought in two new guys to, to see what they can do. Yeah, man, it's okay. folks come to Lombardi's Legends podcast for all of the insight, particularly long snapper reviews, because we I, I think we cover it more than any Packer podcast. I promise you that, actually. I'll put my money on that one. Um, what else, man? What else are we missing here as we wrap up undrafted free agents? I mean, it's it's always a competitive group. Um, you know, we talked to somebody tonight. We won't name who we're going to have a special podcast interview coming, but they're back in Green Bay again, man. These young guys are back in Green Bay. So it's, it's exciting because football's back in, in Wisconsin again. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, Dane. I think uh, we'll save the predictions for a later date, maybe as we get closer to camp, for who we are going to select to potentially make that 53-man roster as a undrafted free agent. Because, um, yeah, I, I promise you, as you said, someone's going to do it. Now, will it be someone that's in this rookie class? That's harder to predict. Uh, definitely there will be a minimum of one undrafted free agent that makes the roster. It might be someone that's been around a little bit longer. I mean, heck, they just signed Jonathan Owens, who may, may be competing for a starting role uh, as a former undrafted free agent. So we've got guys already on the roster that are undrafted free agents. Um, so that part's going to happen. But I think it's always fun to make a prediction uh, as to what which one of these rookies that we signed that could potentially make that initial 53. Um, and there could be multiple that are on the 53 over the course of this season. Yeah. And we're, we'll, you know, we're going to be at it all off season long. Now that they're getting into camp and starting to do some of this stuff, these, some of these mini camps, we're going to be covering it. We'll be tracking it. Come back. We'll be your one-stop shop for any Packer news coming out of Green Bay. That's what we love to do. Yeah, for sure. So folks, thanks so much for joining in and listening as always. Be legendary and go pack go. Pack, go. go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.